0: think in coaching we you know cool thing about it is we see the good in all of our players we see their their top potential we we see that from the outside looking in even when they may may not so that moment that it clicks and they realize you know they're they're that good and they they belong and they can compete at that level that's for a coach there's nothing more rewarding than that you can you can take conference championship trophies away you can take rings away i mean that's that's the moment that i kind of fell in love with you know out on the course or in practice is like and that that person just realized you know what we had been seeing all along
1: Today we are joined by Daniel DeLuca. Daniel is a teaching instructor at the Governor's Club of Tennessee. Prior to that, Daniel played college golf and had a college golf coaching career. Daniel played college golf at Eastern Kentucky University from 2011 until 2015, and then was assistant coach there till 2017. Daniel went from EKU to SF Austin where he was assistant coach till 2019, and then Army where he's assistant coach till 2021. Daniel then took the head coaching job at Murray State before becoming a golf instructor at the Governor's Club of Tennessee. One thing to note is we did have some technical issues in the recording of this podcast, which led us to have to switch platforms partway through. You may hear a little bit difference in audio quality from what we normally desire. We hope you bear with us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Daniel, we know you're from Lexington. You played at Lexington Catholic. You actually also ended up going out to play at Pebble Beach in the first tee event that they have out there, but... Starting a little bit before that, how'd you get into golf and what made you want to play more competitively?
2: And I grew up playing a lot of different sports. I was playing football and baseball. I come from a pretty big baseball family. My grandfather, dad, and older brother all played college baseball at the division one level. Um, was really good at basketball. Um, bas- I tell people basketball was kind of my first love. Um and then for some reason, you know, the only time I would play golf was going out casually with with my family or on vacation and you know, I don't know when it clicked. I just know it was around 13, 14 years old. I was out at the driving range and I was getting pretty good pretty quick and I was like, "Man, I could, you know, dad can sign me up for some tournaments." And so he did and I got, you know, I started winning a few and you know, back when I was playing, it was the Muscleman Dunn and Baker-Gary Tour and the Pepsi Tour. And I think my 14-, 15-year-old summer going into high school, I think I was Pepsi Tour Player of the Year for my age group. And, you know, had some guys out at Man Golf tell my dad that, hey, this, this kid can get pretty good. He's gotten good pretty quick, so might as well keep it rolling. And um, I ended up playing basketball my freshman year of high school. And then that summer, um, you know, Catholic is a pedigree for for basketball, and it became where you where you need to play year round. And you know, I was missing a bunch of uh, tournaments for basketball because I was playing golf outside. I mean, what I don't want to be in a gym that has no AC in the middle of the you know July heat in Kentucky. I'd rather be outside at least. That way you can get a breeze. Um, so I just kind of came back to my parents after that summer. And I said, hey, I think I want to run with golf, and I think basketball is kind of kind of over for me um but i i just fell in love with the fact that it was you and only you out there and you know golf can can expose you because it's a individual sport and um you know in, in baseball and basketball you could be having an off game you know you maybe you're not shooting well maybe you're not pitching well but you know you got guys behind you and guys to the left and right of you that can make up for that all right well i'm not hitting my you know threes tonight i'm just gonna you know see how many assists i can get or go down and rebound or play really good defense, you know, and golf it's not like that. I mean, if, if something's go wrong, it, you got to fix it quick and um, I just kind of fell in love with that. Nobody could could really tell you what to do. It was it was only you out there.
3: Yeah, that's definitely a common theme with guys that started out playing basketball or or baseball and then transitioned into golf. We've had a few of those those guests. Was there a certain point when you started playing more serious golf tournaments? And when did you start thinking, you know, I want to play college golf?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, like any kid going, you know, playing competitive golf and you start to think, you know, Hey, college golf can, can be an option for you. And I think that summer going into my junior year, you know, June 15th has always been that date. You know, you can, you can talk to college coaches and they can reach out to you. And, um, you know, I was, I was having a really good summer. I was, I was getting some some looks from, from schools at every different level, some, some D1 schools. And I, I remember the, it's my first state am I had played in out at, uh, champions and, you know, I'd been having a pretty good summer, but I hadn't really shot many rounds under par. I was, you know, right around even par to, to 74, 75. My, my average is probably just, you know, north of 73. And, um, I went out the first round and shot two under, um, And I just remember that feeling coming in. I mean, so many sports psychologists and, you know, talk about the zone and, you know, that was my first time I was like, man, I got off the course and I was like, I just kind of woke up. Like I did, you know, I think the front nine, I was kind of scrapping around and and shot maybe 38 on the front and, you know, or 39. And then I go to the back and, you know, I birdie, I think 11, I birdie 12. And, I'm like, all right, I'm back to, you know, one over. I can, I can get this, you know, going pretty, pretty fast and ended up shooting like 32 or 31 on that back nine shot. Two under was like two or three off the lead. Um, come back out the next day and I'm through, I think I started on the back. I'm through, you know, three or four on the front. I just hit it to, you know, five feet on four. I was one over on the day, one under for the tournament. I was going to make birdie there and they blow the horn and we don't hit another golf shot the rest of the day. And, you know, they decided to just make the cut after 18 holes, and um, you know, play the that final round. It was a 36 hole tournament, and I remember a few coaches coming out, and uh, you know, Coach Craig and Coach David Trainer was the assistant at the time at Kentucky, and that was really the first time I'd had somebody of that magnitude and that high
1: level golf come and watch me. So you get to that final day, Coach Craig watched you also, and you have some eyes on you. That first day, though were you nervous at all? You said you were in the zone. So you kind of got done and you finished up and you're like, Whoa, like I shot under par. I'm in competition in this tournament. Was that a, a new place for you to be? And what did you really think of that? Not, I mean, I would say after the first day, not really. Um, you know, I just, from I, I had a late
0: tea time, so we had a, like one rain delay and, you know, it's, Middle of June in Kentucky, anything's, you know, it's going to rain a lot. It's just like with the barbasol right now. I mean, it seems like it rains. It's just the way it is, you know. It's going to pop up showers and everything. So, I mean, we got done so late. I remember just not getting done till you know six thirty or seven o'clock. And you know, a guy from one of the papers at Louisville pulled me aside and it was like, "You shot two under. Have you seen the leaderboard yet?" And this was before you know, golf genius or you know, anything like that, where you were entering scores on your phone or online, it was actually, you know, in the ancient days when you had to use pen and paper and you know, sign your scorecard and turn it, in. Um, he was like, have you looked at the leaderboard yet? I was like, nah, I mean, I played really well. That's the only thing I was focused on. And, you know, he did a little bit of an interview with me and you know, Tom and I went out to dinner that night at, at, you know, up at Malone's in Palomar and came back out the next day, didn't think anything of it. it, was just playing really good golf and wasn't until that last day where, you know, you got video cameras on you. You're in the second or third to last group and, you know, you have a chance to win. Coaches are watching you. And that's when it, it kind of hit me a little bit. You know, I just, they were, the news was carrying around a camera, you know, getting tee shots. And you know, I think I, I played with Tyler Sharp who had won a state am, you know, either the year before. Or Year before that, and played with a guy by the name of Brett Munson, um, who had played professional golf and had just recently got his amateur status back. So, I mean, those are experiences. You know, when you're 16, 17 years old, that are just valuable. And looking back on it, it's like, man, I, you know, I was just a young kid. I wish I had that mentality. You know, when I when I got to college of just going out and playing, but um, it was
1: just it was fun. So that was towards the end of your time in high school. Did it feel like that experience translated over to when you played college? And for a little bit of context, you went on to go play at EKU, uh, which is in-state, and you got to know the coaches, uh, I imagine, partially through that performance, and maybe you are talking with them beforehand. Yeah, I mean,
0: that was the summer where you're just now starting to talk to coaches. So, I mean, it, it kind of had to develop from there, and, You know, again, I went on to have a pretty decent summer going into my senior year of of high school, and um, I think it was maybe senior year, first few tournaments, I I put way too much pressure on myself just knowing it was that, that final year, and, you know, I wasn't committed anywhere yet. I was getting some really good looks, but just hadn't, you know, found that right fit for me, and, you know, fall break of senior year after our season got over, I went on visits and visited with Belmont and Forehead state and EKU and you know it just bottom line it just came to the fact that at, at Eastern I had played with a lot of those guys growing up and golf and high school golf and to me that just that felt like home I knew coach Stevens um, pretty well at that point and you know I knew he was obviously the pedigree for Kentucky golf and not only as a coach but as a player as well I mean he was still playing and competing section events and senior events and doing very, very well. Um, you know, this is a guy that qualified for the U.S. Open and his first one on the range on Monday morning. He's got Jack Nicklaus to his left and Bernard DeLonger to his right, which were one and two in the world at the time. And That's that's somebody you want to play for, right? He's, he's an accomplished player, um, so he's got the experience and can relay that
3: to you. Yeah, that's something I was going to lead into on my next question. I was, you know, pretty good friends with a lot of guys that played for Coach Stevens and they, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about the way he ran things. He was pretty strict in his practices and how he how he ran that program. Could you speak on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: again, he was all about just getting better each day, you know, doing something that, that you might not have done the day before or just kind of, you know, obviously, he didn't want you to forget your strengths, but you know, you also have to work on your weaknesses as well. And you know, a lot of he gave us enough individual time. You know, again, that's being in coaching and, and learning that after I got out, you know, done playing and getting into coaching is you, you got to figure out a good balance, you know, for your guys and what's the good balance of individual time versus structured time. What we need to work on and get better at as a team. I would say that's one of the difficult challenges of coaching, but I think, you know, Coach Stevens did a great job of that. He knew what, you know, each one of our you know, what each one of us did well and then what we didn't do well. So he gave us enough time to work on that. But also he knew what needed to get done as a team and be successful and compete for in tournaments and then in conference championships. So I mean, it's just a testament to him that at the time I, when I was there, we I think it was something crazy like thirty years straight we finished top four at the OBC year something like that so we you know he had he had developed a program there and it was all because of structure practice and scheduling and
1: all that and how structured were your practices how much time did you have for you know personal practice or how much was team drills team games etc
0: yeah he would always have something structured you know when we got to practice that day and sometimes it was. You know, we never left the putting green. Sometimes it was short game and putting. Sometimes it was, you know, working on short irons, mid irons, wedges. Um, sometimes it was working on driver. I mean, there was something always structured that they have practice. And one of those guys, once you got it done, that was individual time the rest of the time. So it was nice that we had the learning center right there by Arlington. We could, you know, out. You know, we had a loop that kind of took us, you know, it was, used to be, six, seven, eight, nine now they like, switch the nines. I don't know what hole it is now, but um you you could play like six, seven, eight and jump down to three or uh, four and play four, five and then you're right back at the learning center. Took you about that so you know some guys would link up and go play, some you know their own thing. So we just we had a good mentality of practice. Hey, we, we understand what the expectation coach has of us. We're gonna we're gonna get done what we need to get done and then Once it's individual time, or once it's practice is over, we're going to be, you know, college kids again. We're going to hang out. We're going to go study together. We're going to go to dinner together. We're going to relax. We're going to play video games, whatever have you after practice. So, but I can tell you, there were a lot of teams there when we were, you know, on the course or at practice. We were wanting to beat each other for sure.
3: Yeah, something that I realized when I was doing some some research for this podcast is three guys. From your team, actually went on to be college coaches. You, Will Salee, and Taylor Riggs. How much influence do you think Coach Stevens had on on those career choices?
0: Oh man, it was
3: huge. I mean,
0: I, I mean, I just I was one of those guys. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I just majored in sports management because I like sports. You know, I mean, I just I didn't really know what I wanted to do outside of you know playing and competing and golf. And um, I was actually going to be a, a GA in, in the department, in the sports management department at EKU. and Because Taylor had, you know, I, I redshirted my freshman year. Taylor and I were the same class coming in, but I redshirted, so he was done a year before me playing. He was our GA my, my last year playing. We always thought he was going to be there for two years, and he got an opportunity down at University of the Cumberlands down in Williamsburg to you know, be their head men's and women's golf coach at whatever age he was, 23, 24, which was incredible. I mean, be a head coach at any level at all at that young of an age is a huge accomplishment. Um, So he took that job. It opened up a GA spot for the men's women's golf team. And I just remember going in to see my advisor, who I was going to work for and be a GA for and teach a whatever, you know, underwater basket weaving class or, you know, water polo class, whatever I was going to do. Um I just remember telling her, and she goes, you just got to find what you're passionate about. And I was like, oh, I'm passionate about golf and helping others. And she was like, I think you have your answer then. So, you know, I called Coach Stevens and Coach Whitson, who was the obviously the women's coach at the time. And I told him, I said, yeah, I would, I would love that. that was, first year was really eye-opening, because if you haven't been around women's golf before, after playing men's golf at the college level, it can be a little different. But it's also have an open mind and, Focus stays on just helping others. You know, it's it's very rewarding because they'll they'll listen. They're not like us guys that just push back and I don't agree with you much. But you know, they'll they'll listen. And you know, once off the course was where I I really changed because I was always one that was you know I was notorious for going to the range after a round, whether it be good or bad. I just I was eaten up by it. I just wanted to get better. And you know, once once you know on the women's side, once you're done with the tournament, it's like all right, where are we going to get ice cream? where are we going to get, you know, a root beer float or whatever, you know, the conversations they have aren't about golf, you know, it's not about the round that day. (laughs) So that was, that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun.
1: I can imagine that makes for a lot more fun van rides back. Was it weird when you're GA at a school where you're friends with all the guys? So you've gone from this position where you're buddies with them to all of a sudden, like you're not their superior, but you're not, not in charge of them. And, if they do something, they'll get in trouble. And I think that might've happened, uh, one time when Taylor was coach, he was friends, you know, you're friends with some of the guys, guys have a little fun. And then, uh, it puts you in that awkward position. Is that something that was weird at first for you? I no! I mean, I, again, I just think it, it takes discipline
0: and, you know, again, coach Stevens and coach Whitson sit you down. Right. And they're like, Hey, you're, you know, you can't, you're on the other side of it now, you know, you're coaching and trying to help these guys and girls get better and you know there's can't hang out with them you can't you know it, it was one of those things where you know I don't think I just had a good balance with it right like I was still you know I just let them know hey I'm still your friend I was still your teammate but now I'm now I'm you know I'm your coach so um but I I was always the guy that was like hey don't you know if you're ever in a situation where you know call me you know my phone's on at all times of the day call me let me, you know, tell me what's going on. We'll we'll chat and then, but just know that I'm, you know, I'm in coaching. I'm the assistant coach to the head coach. So, what you tell me is going to get back to the head coach for sure. I mean, that's just the trust that that we have to build on the coaching side. So, I think it was just, you know, I did a good job of staying disciplined and not really, you know, letting that, you know, affect the way that you know the coach that how I wanted to learn and make my mark in coaching also, you know, trying to better our team. And, you know, I don't know if you guys remember that year, but, I mean, it was, you know, our guys were like top 25 in the country, or, you know, our women's team was winning a lot. I think our guys' team had won five times in the fall, The you know, the sixth tournament we finished second, and the girls' team, I think we won three or four times. I'm sitting there like, man, coaching was awesome.
3: No, that was definitely um, a really good I'll, say, I'll use the word inspiration. For me, I was a freshman at at Moorhead, you know, and, you know, seeing EKU be top 25 in the country in every tournament that they played in, um, it was definitely a lot of uh, motivation is probably a better word for me um, to, to try to aspire to that level. I mean, so you talent.
0: Mo- sorry, I mean, but talent-wise, man, I mean, that, you know, when, when you're being recruited, you hear about the teams in the past that were just so good. Um, and you know the the cool thing about it was it was these it Kentucky guys, it was in state guys that did it and were passionate about, you know, going to EKU or Moorhead State or you know, where, where I was last year at Murray State. I mean, even then you're you're getting local guys that are grew up bleeding maroon, grew up bleeding blue, grew up bleeding navy and gold. I mean, that's what was so cool about it. And we you know, you had Will, Jared, and Noah on the team that were in and won a, a conference. Championship their freshman year in NCAA regional and as a freshman, I mean the sky's the limit from there, man. And you know, we we got to take a guy like Travis Rose, who you know I've always said Travis had some of the most talent that I had ever seen. You know, swinging a golf club, and um, then you had a freshman like Billy Basham. I mean that the team was just it was it was pretty remarkable.
1: I mean it really was. And an interesting thing too about that team you all mentioned is that like all those guys were right about on the, like on the radar of UK, but not like big enough that they're going to like try to swoop in and take them. And frankly, like with the poll that UK has in state, they probably would have been able to pull that off. But you take that group of guys that right are just on the border of that. And then that year compared to Kentucky, I mean, you're spanking Kentucky as far as talent goes, as far as performance goes, it's hard to ignore that. I'm sure it felt good as a coach and good as a team to say, "Hey, we're not necessarily. We might be little brother, maybe, but uh, little brother wins sometimes."
3: Uh, y'all were highest highest ranked team in the state in golf stat for a good while there.
0: You know, even when I was playing, I would be fine if I said that wasn't on our minds. Too, we were, you know, we were we kind of had that identity of, you know, hey, we all had been at one point maybe recruited by big brother um and they just you know we 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 ended up at EKU which again that that was we all loved it and had a great time but again recruiting we were I mean we had some guys that were recruited by them so we we kind of had a chip on our shoulder and you know that was a great you know coach Stevens played two years at EKU, so that's a lot of people don't know that and then we transferred back to Eastern his last two years playing and you know, he, he loved it. I mean, he knew that we had a chip on our shoulder and he knew that, you know, we were so called little brother to the, the bigger schools and we just, you know, we just didn't care. I mean, my GA year, I think they went down and, you know, at my GA year, we, we had a volunteer assistant, Tom G- and he God rest his soul. And Gio was an incredible man. Um, so I, I traveled more with the women. I just remember getting that phone call. You know, I think they were playing Westerns event down at, at uh, Old Stone and, you know, they ended up winning the tournament, came back and, and beat UK that time. And I mean, coach was you know, Coach Stevens will still tell that story when the guys got in the van. I mean, that feeling of not only winning the tournament but beating a team that was, was kind of the benchmark and pedigree in the state was. I mean,
1: I could feel it through the phone. They're they're excited. And that UK team, if I remember correctly, that's that team still has a bunch of guys that are out there playing right now. I think that Cooper Musselman, Stephen Stallings Jr. Uh, I don't know if Lucas Euler was part of that team at that point, but he's out there. That team had a bunch of fam, uh, Fred Allen Meyer. Like that team had a bunch of different guys. And so I know I'm sure it must've felt really good with coach Stevens being structured and really, you know, delineating the difference between player and coach. How did that affect your coaching philosophy when you went on to SF Austin, Army and Murray State. And it, it was everything. I mean, I you you know, and as an assistant coach, you're you know,
0: knowing that working towards being a head coach one day, taking, you know, everything in and you're you're just trying to learn from from every coach that you have the honor of working for. And you know, every that's the great thing is we're we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to, you know, just get better and 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 try to shoot the lowest scores we can and we're trying to improve facilities and you know improve everything about our program but it's just it's like in golf instruction there's a you know we're all trying to get you to hit the ball well it's just a different way of relaying information different personalities so um you know i knew going into it hey i want to i want to do you know i love what coach stevens used to do here i love what coach schrader used to do here at Stephen f austin i love coach Bagley and the way he you know talked to the team the night before the first round or um he just took all these little things and then once you become a head coach you can try to implement those to the best of your ability knowing that it's going to come off different just because you have a different way of relaying information to to your guys and you have a different personality and, um it but it, it was just you know it was cool to play for a guy like that now you know he recently announced that he's going into the Kentucky golf hall of fame. I mean, that's stuff that, you know, when, when I've got little ones running around and they're able to meet coach Stevens and coach Rader and coach, you know, these are the guys that that gave me my opportunity and, you know, took a chance on me. And that's, you know, that's why a couple of them were in my wedding. I mean, you know, Ashton and I's wedding, it was, I was forever grateful. I'm forever indebted to everyone that took a chance on me and gave me a chance to, to be where I am today.
1: Those types of relationships, especially when you have a coach, almost like a second father figure to be able to look up to and you take different things from is very unique. What did you take from each coach? You mentioned like the speech before the round. Uh, What did you take from each coach in particular? And how did that kind of inform your analysis of, A, not just like coaching as an assistant coach, but what players needed as they were going into a tournament
0: yeah i think the biggest thing each one of them taught me was you know it's obviously you're as a coach you're you're telling your guys you're telling your girls it's not what you want to hear it's what you need to hear so but at the end of the day it takes time to build that trust where they understand that okay this is what i need to hear again you're going to have pushback but it's just human nature right like we just as humans we just don't take criticism well now in a world of know social media and visual attributes and you know just it's all about image we're not going to take criticism well because we're going to portray an image of you know we're we're perfect and you know we don't need to get any better or or what have you and it's just I I took that from each one of the coaches that I worked for you know when I was an assistant and the fact that hey you know these what do these guys do to build trust you know what do these guys do to make these guys that they're coaching listen and i think that's you know for me that was a big part of it is you know you're you're trying to do whatever you can to contribute to the program while also learning things knowing that hopefully one day you're going to be a head coach and be in the same shoes you know whether it be a a tough conversation or or whether it be that moment that a player actually realizes their potential that you've seen all along i think in coaching we you know thing about it is we see the good in all of our players we see their their top potential we we see that from the outside looking in even when they may may not so that moment that it clicks and they realize you know they're they're that good and they they belong and they can compete at that level that's for a coach there's nothing more rewarding than that you can you can take conference championship trophies away, you can take rings away. I mean, that's that's the moment that I kind of fell in love with, you know, out on the course or in practice is like, and that that person just realized, you know, what we had been seeing all along.
1: And you said there's two things you really like, and that is helping other people and golf. And that's kind of what coaching brings to the table for you as far as personal fulfillment. And when you're working with college players, as you mentioned, especially with guys, they're a lot more obstinate. Uh, They're a lot less willing to take advice and sometimes like it works out fine for them. Sometimes it doesn't for the guys that didn't reach their potential. Was there a common theme that you felt like you saw with them? Not just like listening to coach or not listening to coach, but was there something bigger going on that, you know, if I'm a junior right now and I look at my own personal life or I'm just, I'm looking to go to college. Hey, here's, here's a pitfall that, I probably should avoid. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, did was there something that guys who you know maybe kind of were diamonds in the rough and then really got to shine later? Was there something that they had that was different than what other people had?
0: I mean, the biggest thing is you know we we remember when we were eighteen to twenty years old, right? We we knew everything. You know, we we there was nothing that we didn't know and. We were we were kings of the world. We were the big bass in that, that small pond, you know, and not even realizing there's a huge ocean out there, you know. And I, I went through that, you know, going into to college. I was like, man, I'm the best, and there's nobody else, you know, even close. And after the first round of qualifying, I'm a dead last of the team, and I'm like, okay, this is different, you know. I, so you try to, you know, in coaching, you try to see those guys that kind of they 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 have that moment where they they get pushed back a little bit. You kind of see that resiliency of, of, okay, how do they respond to that? You know, and again, some guys are a little bit further along where they respond great to that. And I would say that's your, you know, that's your great players because every single round of golf that you play, there's going to be a moment and coach Bagley at army always talked about it. There is always going to be a moment where of adversity and how resilient are you in that round of golf? You know, it is again, some rounds, everything's going to be quick. Brain session went great. Um, you know, you're, you're feeling good. You're in a great frame of mind. Your school studies are taken care of. You know, you, your personal life is, is in perfect order. You know, everything's going to go great. But more often times than not, 99.9% of the time, you're going to face that moment of adversity. And how do you respond? You, you've got two roads you can go down. You can, you can take it on the chin and, and push back, or you can kind of be like, oh, well, you know, maybe tomorrow is going to be a better day. And that's the thing in college, we play so much golf, you know, in college golf, you're, you're going to have days like that, but, you know, the, the guys and girls that can go you know, on, on bad days when everything's not clicking right, can they, you know, can they make it respectable? Can they get it in the clubhouse and feel good? And then they come out the next day knowing that they're going to feel better. And they take a lot away from that day. That was just really, really hard. It's just, it's just a game where it's just, we play such a game that's so day to day that and so many outside variables working against you that
3: how how well can you respond how well can you push back that is all really really good stuff i am i'm curious to see what you what your answer is to this to this next question from 2019 to 2021 you're the assistant coach at west point um first of all i want to know what you learned from being a part of that organization as a whole where, you know, golf is definitely not the most important thing going on over there. And number two, uh, like you said previously, um, what you learned from Coach Begley and how he ran that, that golf program in particular. And
0: you you talk about a guy that he went to West Point, right? He served his country for, for over 20 years. He, he played golf at West Point. He knew everything about that place. He knew everything, what it took to be a successful cadet, you know, not only on the golf course, but off the golf course and on post and in the classroom and within your company. And, you know, I, I, that experience is just so, for Ashton and I was just so invaluable because it's, words can't describe it. You know, you're right, Cooper. It wasn't, golf wasn't the first priority, but you know, by God, we wanted to play well. I mean, we wanted to, we wanted to be people. We wanted to win. Um, so that, from that aspect, it was, it was warding knowing that it wasn't the first priority. These, these guys weren't going to go on and play professional golf. They were going to go and serve our country and and lead, um, units in the army, um, and lead, you know, 18 to 22 year old men. I mean, as a 22 or 23 year old, I mean, that's the thing people don't realize at West Point is these guys have to lead men that are their age or even maybe older know that that joined the army out of high school um they've got to be ready they've got to be prepared um and i think from a standpoint you know we had 14 guys on the team 14 leaders um you know it, it bode well in a, in a sport like golf because like i said you're gonna you're gonna go through that adversity in the golf round and you know it was anytime we we pulled up the van or time we played in the tournament you know eyeballs were on us because you know oh man there's I'm, you know those guys are those guys are badass you know and just kind of being around that for two years was was incredible you know I, I and people would come up to me and be like thank you for your service i had no, no 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 like i'm i'm just a golf coach like i'm a civilian like these guys right here you know, our head coach our officer rep you know our, our, our guys on our team these these guys are truly badasses i mean this is something that you know 18 years old hey you're gonna go Fight our country's wars. You're going to go into battle. You're going to run headfirst into trouble in difficult situations. You know. All right, I'm in. You know. I I know. At 18, I was like, Nah, I'm probably going to go to the range today and just hit hit a bucket of balls. You know. I mean, uh, that's all I'm going to do. But and it was, you know, again, looking at the time, you don't fully digest things right. And now, looking back on it, astronaut, you know, we put, you know memorabilia and stuff, memories up around our, our apartment here and, you know, from West Point. And, you know, it was, it was just really cool and it, it's tough to put words on it, but I mean, we, we have lifelong friends from that place and um, it, it was just an experience that, you know, you, you can never forget. I mean, just going, driving on to that post and that campus every day was just so
1: rewarding. I believe it. And that's one of those experiences that you talk about. That kind of shapes who you are. And I imagine being around those guys from what it sounds like coach Bagley said, kind of gives you a little bit of extra toughness. And after you went on from there, you went to Murray state, Were there for a year. And then fortunately Ashton, your wife had uh, a great job offer. She couldn't turn down, which are things that I understand. Uh, entirely I was living down in Florida for eight months thought we were going to be there forever and then I got an offer that I couldn't refuse and moved back up to Atlanta looking at that situation I know it's not a it's not something that anyone ever looks forward to as far as going to a coaching position then like you got your guys you're trying to help them and then all of a sudden you have to move on despite all that what was your time there like and did you take some of that toughness from Army to them? And do you think that that kind of helped anybody in particular?
0: Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I took a lot of, of what I learned from West Point, no doubt. I mean, to, to, you know, again, that's one of those moments where, you know, you think you're ready and then, you know, you get there and it's like, man, this is all right, this is a whole different ballgame. I have mad respect for every head coach out there because this is just so different from being an assistant that it's, it's not even close. But, um, that helped me out tremendously. I think the guys that I had at Murray were were open to new ideas. They wanted somebody, you know, that was young, that was hungry and um in there, uh leading them. And you know, I, I whether it be, you know, they were hey, are we're qualifying at seven thirty, eight o'clock where the first group's off on Saturday morning. Billy, coach, normally we play at like one or two in the afternoon. Normally we could sleep in and have you know watch college game day and have a little lunch and then we'll just roll out to the course and play no, no 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 we're getting up early on a saturday morning because i don't want you taking anything friday night so you know we'll we'll have sunday off because that's the lord's day but you know and that i could i you know i have a joked with them the first time i was like well we can let, you can know, put west point We heat off at 6 a.m you know our guys were up and at it anyway so we can i mean we can go earlier if you want so i'm I'm letting you sleep in a little bit going at, at seven thirty, but um no, I think that was you know they, they knew of, of where I was coming from and the experience I had that two years leading up to that. So I mean they were they were really open to it. And you talk about a team that's just local guys that grew up you know beating you know, racers and, and Murray State and you know that that was the cool thing about it was you know they they welcomed Ash and I with open arms even though we were you know we were outsiders I and mean, we both went to UKU and we weren't Murray State but um just we loved it our time there obviously you wish like everything in life is longer you wish you had more time but you know again god's got different plans for us right i mean we, we had an incredible opportunity down here and you know even then it, it was but it, obviously that's my team at home right that's my most important team and you know it was it was you know a joint decision i mean we just you know even you know when covid hit i i, I when our guys were at home, I I fell in love with instructing and, you know, helping just, I wanted to help as many people as I could in golf. I don't care if you're four, I don't care if you're 84. I just want to, if you want to come and get better at golf, and I'm willing to to help you get there based on what I know and my experiences, I'm not saying it's right, but you know, it's, it's what I I know. And that's what, how I'm going to teach from learning from every coach or golf instructor that, that I've learned from. And,
1: um, but the time in Murray
0: it, again, you talk about you know, valuable times and, and the people you meet and the, you know, the guys that you get to coach. And you know, it's not all rainbows and cotton candy. I mean, you have some tough conversations and you have some tough times anywhere you go, but looking back on it, that's what makes it so special. Is you know, I know it wasn't for a long time, but um, time
3: was very memorable. Now that you're focused on you know, becoming an instructor and following that passion. What are, who are some of the um, inspirations that you draw from for your instruct, instructing philosophy? And what are some of the key things that you try to instill in every player you coach?
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's in the world of, of social media, Instagram, YouTube, it's hard, right? There's so much information, but how do you filter it? You know, how do you, you know, a, an eighty a 70 to 80 year old man is probably not going to get scooby. Just going to be honest. Like there, it's just, it's a hard position to get in the shallow, the golf, like it's just not going to happen. But, you know, Mike Bender may have some cool things about how to square the club face up with if, if, if your body rotation is limited. So, you know, you, you try to, as an instructor, you try to watch the greats, you try to watch the guys that were once in your shoes, but now are, are very successful and have a lot of clients and a lot of players playing at a high level. And, um, you know, there's two guys in the area in Nashville right now, Ben Pelicani and Stephen Boo, that are just, you know, they, they have that niche with with junior players and college players. And I I've I've gotten to fortunately meet with both of them and kind of sit in on on some of their lessons. And again, a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching with our members out of governors club may be very similar, you know, and that's kind of the surprising thing to me. It's like, oh man, I I just was working with a guy or a girl on that same thing steven or or ben and like with any golf instruction that's you know we're all trying to get you to do the same thing you know we're trying to take you to the same place but it just may be a different route or it may be a different path based on you know what what you can do and can't do um but but the ultimate goal is to make you the best player that that you ultimately want to be knowing that you have the communication where hey i'm gonna i'm gonna show you this because i know it works but you got to meet me halfway you got to work on it you know I, I don't. I don't have some magic pill. That was, I was working with a member yesterday. It was like, Dude, that's, that's it. Like, you don't wait a minute. I was expecting like something magic or something to work on that was just going to be like that. And, and like, no, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I try to keep it simple, but I, it's, it takes time. It takes work. I mean, you don't get there overnight in this game. And, and we all know that we all play golf at a high level and you know, it, it's long days, long hours. And it just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, if, if that was the case, every guy that goes and plays Division One college golf is an All American. Every every guy that goes to these places that fly privately and, and have unbelievable facilities and have the you know hundred thousand dollar you know technology, I mean, that, they'd be All American.
1: See, that's not the case. It takes a lot to bake a cake, especially when not only do the ingredients evolve, you know, just getting the face pretty square at impact, which is a hard thing to do just in general. You compare that to like throwing a baseball. Uh, Throwing a baseball is something that we naturally have an idea for, a propensity for. Swinging a metal object at over 100 miles per hour around your body is not exactly something that's ingrained into our normal physiological movements. And beyond just getting the club face square at impact, you have to get the club face square at impact under pressure. You have to be able to do that in tournaments. When you have juniors who are in tournaments, what would you tell them as far as, Hey, like here's what I'm here's what I'd be thinking about during a tournament. Cause you know, the thing you know about juniors is getting that club face square at impact. They're not going to do it consistently. Probably they're going to have bad shots, just like all of us. Like we're all going to have bad shots. How do you get them to, deal with that reality, and then also stay in the, the tournament? Because as you talked about earlier, like the point is to get the ball in the hole. You might have a day where nothing good is happening, but your job is to get the ball in the hole in the fewest strokes as possible, not in the prettiest way possible, not with the squarest club face as possible, in the fewest strokes as possible. What, what would you tell them, and how do you take your experience as a college coach
0: to them? I think a lot of juniors I notice they get caught up in that work perfect. They got to be everything's got to be perfect. That day. they they got to warm up perfect. They got to hit the ball perfect on the range. They got to see that normal ball flight they're used to seeing, or else you know it's it's not going to work that day. And I think um, you know we have a junior player at the club right now that, that when I came in in May, I think he was ranked around you know maybe 800 junior golf scoreboard. Now he's you know, inside the top two seventy-five and you know, he actually just committed to big blue up, up in Lexington and you know an incredible, you know, had an incredible summer. I mean, a summer that you just haven't, you know, he rose almost six hundred spots in the rankings. And you know, I've been fortunate enough to to watch him and be around him day to day, but also, you know, be at a few tournaments and watch him warm up. And warm-ups are not the prettiest. I mean, he's just he's figured it out early what you need to figure out in college that you know a warm-ups are warm-up. I know and in myself that I have the self-confidence to go out knowing that I may not have my best stuff that day, but I'm going to, I'm going to get in the hole. Like you said, I'm just going to get the ball in the hole today. I think if you put that self, that in in that mindset early on, and you instill that in junior players, it goes a lot further than, you know, oh, my swing's got to look perfect because we all know those guys, right? That need, you know, they, they need to see themselves on video every day and they need to, to have that feeling. And, you know, yeah, that's, you're fighting against that instruction because, you know, you're even putting videos out on, on social media of these swings and, you know, again, just telling them like, hey, that's not reality, man. Like, you're going to go out and you're going to play tournament golf and it's not going to be easy, but, you know, the the it's, it's more important to have that self-belief and that self-confidence knowing that no matter what happens that day, you're just going to, you know, you're going to hit it in the widest part of the hole. You're going to hit it to the fattest part of the green and you know on holes that maybe you're not as comfortable on, and then you're just going to get the ball in the hole. You know, you're you're you know you're going to keep the ball in front of you. You're not going to three putt. You know, and, and we all know decade system is is fantastic, right? I mean, that to me, that's you know, I kind of put my own spin on it a little bit, but to me, it's like it doesn't get any better with that taking actual facts and numbers and putting it towards you know how to play a specific hole or how to play a specific course it's huge for these junior players because that's one thing that you think you know, but you don't, when you get to college, you don't know how to manage Think you do, but you don't, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're big, strong athletic in high school and, you know, you're playing 64, 6,500 yards. You can hit it past the dog leg. You can hit it past the dog leg. That's 270, 280. Not in college when that dog leg turns into 300, 310. I mean, you're not, you're not getting it there. So, you know, how do you, how does somebody deal with that? That's a big part of instruction is not only on the range, but also I love getting out on the course and just kind of seeing how they, how they compete, how they, you know, putting them in that, that situation. And I was telling a guy the other day, nothing resembles competition to me better than worst ball. You got to go out and play, you know, even if it's for nine holes, you got to play worst ball. Cause that just, it makes you hit that shot under pressure, knowing that if you don't hit it in that same spot, you just did, if it was a good one, that if you're hitting it again, you're playing that one.
1: What's your spin on Decade that you have?
0: I, I love it. I mean, again, I, I've, I've had interactions with Scott Fawcett, and, you know, he's, he, he's a great guy. I mean, understandably, he did some things, you know, you know the past few weeks that, you know, I'm not – maybe I'm not going to get on Twitter and do that. But, I mean, again, like, he, I, I've gotten to meet Scott and interact with him enough to where I know that all he cares about is, is giving you the best opportunity to succeed. At the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. Has he has blown up tremendously? I mean, it's it's one of those things where this has never been done in golf before, right? Again, if you're the first of your kind, if you're the first one to land on the moon, then then people are going to talk about you, and, and rightfully so. I mean, this is something that it's, looking back on it, it's like, wait a minute, like he did all that work the past however many years, and, and went back and got all those numbers, and now he's trying to help you play the best golf because you got the numbers of the best players in the world and, and what they did. I mean, it's just, it's revolutionary stuff. It really is. And that's, you know, I, I think, you know, you're at a disadvantage at this point as a junior player, if you're not, at, you know, at least researching it and seeing if it works for you. I mean, it may not work for you. You may be the guy that, you know, grew up at, at Bob Link golf course and you just, you just bomb it down the fairway and your country's strong and wedge it on the green. And, and that works for you. That's, that's, Nothing wrong with that. That's the great thing about golf is it doesn't matter what you look like. It only matters what that, you know, how many times you can get that ball in the hole. You know, what I mean, it, it's, that's all that matters. You don't have to look like you know, a middle linebacker, or, you know, a freakish athlete to, to play this game. And that's kind of what I love about it. it it's just, but it takes that, that reinforcement um, in your, in your decision making. And, you know, you, you obviously have to practice it like anything else, but it's,
3: it's definitely an advantage. So looking back on your uh junior and college careers how would you say your strategy would have been different had you had a decade how do you approach it now knowing that information you know at the time we, we
0: don't know what we don't know right i mean that, looking back and i'm like man i wish i had you know this mentality or this knowledge when i was playing in college you know uncle rico throwing the football right you know it's like back in my day you know i could you know i could do this i could do that but imagine if, if i had to you know, technology and the information that you youngsters have now, you know, these, these dang generation Zers and blah, 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 you know, you can go on and on. But I mean, it, it looking back on it, I, you know, I, I tell people I wish I did more You know, from a, from a psychology standpoint, a mentality standpoint of having, doing stuff that built that self-confidence knowing that within yourself that you have it, you know, and, and you can do this and, and building that, you know, it's just like going to the gym and working out, right? It takes work. You know, it takes time. It's like going to the range and hitting a bucket of balls. It takes time to do that to build that up. And and to me, again, that that's the biggest thing that separates good players from great players. If you play division one college golf, you're you're a good player. You know, there's no arguing that. But what takes you from playing division one college golf to, to going out on and performing really well on the mini tours and then eventually the big tour, you know, big tours now I should say, plural. But uh, that's a whole different argument. But, I mean, what what separates that? And to me, from my experience and what I've seen of players that, that go out and do really, really well in the professional ranks is that – is inside that self-belief of, you know, knowing – they know themselves. They know, you know, where the ball, golf ball is going to go. That They know that if it doesn't go there, it's going to go here, which isn't as bad as what other players' golf balls could do. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just – Again, like I said, if, if if perfect swings matter, then everybody that plays Division One college golf would, would go pro. You know, if these million dollar facilities matter and they get you better, and that's the difference, every you know body that played a high level Division One college golf, power five would go pro. But we see that's not the case, you know. So what what is that difference maker? What is that outlier? And to this point, that's the only thing I can see is inner belief. Self-belief, knowing that you're going to go out that day and give it your best shot. And it's, you know, you're going to have knowing you're going to have bad days, but it's just not going to be as bad as, as what used.
1: That makes sense. And that's something that I think about. You said something earlier that I really thought was special. We talked with Tim Stewart about this exact thing. And that was you talk about your, the student that is going on to play in UK and how like when he goes to the range, it isn't the it isn't always the prettiest thing in the warmup but the warmup is the warmup that's something tim stewart said if you don't know tim tim went from not being well known to winning the australian am and like coming in second in almost every event that you can think of on the amateur circuit over 2007 2008 like second in the british am second in the bryce planners like all these events in a row and he went he jumped to the number 4 ranked Hammer in the world. And there was a lot to figure out. Now he's 37 playing professional golf. And that's one of the big things he said that he's learned is like the warm-up is the warm-up. Like what happens on the range isn't what happens on the course. It doesn't matter either way. You gotta be able to have that inner belief to go out and play your game. And I can tell you, I remember being a junior, being out on the course and then hitting a bad shot and thinking, Oh, that's like this technique, like this this technique is the problem. Like some sort of technique that needs to be fixed. Whereas in reality, like we're swinging a club that fast around our bodies and it's just going to happen. Things are going to be randomly happening. You'll have misses here or there. And what it sounds like to me, you're saying is, you know, you teach your kids those systems and like they'll miss, they'll miss shots, but as long as they're keeping the ball in play and in front of them and it'll help them instill that inner belief because they might miss shots, but they're not missing it out into the parking lot because they aimed right next to the OB and that's something right. that that's something that can help you as a junior um moving on the last question we ask all of our guests is now you're older, wiser, you know a whole lot more if you can go back to yourself as a junior golfer then tell yourself one thing what would it be
0: kind of alluded to it earlier
1: be be open
0: to um more of the psychology stuff, the mentality stuff. I mean, throwing that in your blender of information and on top of the, you know, physical stuff that, that you need to do every day to prepare yourself for, for tournament play. You can never, you know, it's just like what I tell people that come to me in a lesson. We're just, you know, we all have that lesson where I can't miss. He's just hitting it too good. But, well, what do I need to work on? Nothing. You know, I, I tell like nothing in your swing, obviously, like you're hitting it perfect. The numbers are great on on the full swing and the video's looking good. You know, your body's rotating good. You know, just so you can't practice enough short game like you just can't. It's just one of those things. It's like nowadays that in basketball, you cannot practice free throws long enough. You know, it's just you can't do it. You know, you can always do something. And then uh, if you're hitting it well in the range, go to the course. I mean, that's one thing I would you know, I've, I've learned is that, you know, I, I've know i don't have to go to the course and drop a bunch of balls down and hit shots into the greens i can go to the course and get better playing around the golf and we just had that misconception of like okay that was not practice that was playing no like you're still practicing i mean but you just you're practicing putting yourself in that tournament mode because like you know there are no mulligans there's no practice balls when that when push comes to shove and you're under the gun and you're in a tournament like so putting yourself in that mentality, like you can go out and play with your buddies, and you know, maybe get up on the first team and say, "Hey, it's, you know, we're putting everything out today. None of this, you know, inside the grip is good and all that crap, because that's not that's not going to get us better." You know, it's. I, I go off on tangents too, just because I am passionate about it. And again, it, it, my biggest pet peeve when I was in college coaching and still when I'm when I'm working with juniors in practice round is, you know, they're putting to the where the hole is that day practice round they're putting to the hole, and that, again i love because I, I was on many teams that played games and, and competed and you know would put milkshakes on the line at practice so to hold that putt you know keep score that day but then don't sit there and hit putts just because you need to see the ball go in the hole that's not going to do anything for you because i can you know i'm not a rocket scientist but i guarantee you the flag's not going to be there tomorrow and the next day when we're, when we're out here playing under the gun and eating something you know so i mean that that's one thing and. You know, I could tell juniors now is, is, you know, anticipate, you know, be present, but also anticipate what, what can happen next in, in the future. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of great coaches say is, you know, we're going to hit a shot and then we're going to go hit it again. You know, anticipate, you know, that's the hard part, right? The cliche is be in the present one shot at a time. But really, if, you know, if, if I'm a great chess player or chess master, like I'm not, I'm not playing one move at a time. Like I'm playing this move thinking that it could lead me to this move, thinking it could lead me to that move. And then boom, I beat you. You know, that's, that's kind of what is so good about decade. And that's kind of what's so good about a lot of the stuff. Now that I've learned to know is around a golf, you're just, you're out there setting yourself up. It's a game of chess. You know, it's you and the golf course and you got to hit it here to hit it here. And boom, you made birdie, you beat that hole. Okay. You, you won, you won the battle, but you know, we're still ongoing. So now we got to go to the next hole and, Again, so, you know, you, you're wanting to stay present one shot at a time, but you're also setting yourself up for the next move. and um, That's kind of what helps, and that's what these junior players don't don't really – they need a little bit more nudge and help on.
1: I definitely needed that as a junior. I could – I still need it now, but much more than as a junior. I look back now and I think, you know, I'm not the best right now. I don't get out as much, but I do a whole lot more with what I have than I used to. Um, we appreciate it a ton. Where can people find you on social media?
0: I think Instagram is like underscore coach DeLuca. Um, I've had, you know, I've been a few places these last few years. So I've had different that uh, to keep changing it. But I am. I think it's coach underscore DeLuca golf, maybe on Instagram. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, obviously I'm trying to do more on social media. It's, you know, for me, it's always hard because you're in a lesson and you don't want to, you're, you're, people are coming to pay you for your time and attention. And, you know, there's a good balance of, you know, filming stuff and then you know going back later and posting it. And that's kind of what I've been doing. And it's, it's hard, right? Cause you you don't want to be on the phone when somebody's paying you this money to, to give them your time and attention and you're in college. So to me, that's, I'm still trying to figure out that part. You know, I'm going to do some things this, this off season with with some people when it comes to kind of marketing and branding yourself and, you know, again, I am I picked a really good time to come on because I'm I'm in a position that I haven't been in, in a while, right? You know, the past 11 years, I've gone into a fall on a college campus. This is the first fall in 11 years I'm not going to be on a college campus. But knowing that I also am passionate about this and teaching and and instructing, I have to figure myself out. I'm a, I'm a minnow in a pond now. I'm a minnow in a in a great big ocean, you know, of this Nashville area, but um just i know i can you know improve each and every day and get better at, at things that i need to and i think you know that again that, that wealth of knowledge of throwing it out there on social media is really good but there's a balance of you know what what's too much and you know does that take away from the fact that i'm trying to make this player that comes to me better
1: thanks for joining us today please do us a big favor and like and subscribe on youtube spotify and apple Podcasts so we can help Others learn how to play better tournament golf. You can find us online at thetournamentcode.com, on Instagram at thetournamentcode, and on Twitter at tournamentcode. As always, feel free to reach out to us at those places or email us at daniel at thetournamentcode.com and cooper at the code.com We hope you join us as we continue to dive deeper in what it takes to play elite tournament golf.